Hello and welcome to episode three of the Just Think About It podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Lambert, and today is going to be all about communication. So when we think communication, I'm guessing we would think about speech. But there's also how we communicate with ourselves, how we communicate with others, how we communicate non-verbally. So communication is a lot broader topic than just speech. A lot of times we want to think about, though, what makes us a good communicator? Now, I'll tell a little story about my past. Um, obviously, I like communicating or and or let's just say talking. Um, I still have my second grade report card. And a teacher wrote in the remarks at the bottom, Ryan talks a lot. When isolated, talks to self. That's a direct quote. I don't think I'll ever forget. So... Again, when I say communicate, I don't just mean talking. Because when we kind of think about communication, a lot of times we think about what we're saying and what's sometimes the most important thing is what somebody else is going to say. So I like to think about how do you control a conversation or how can you tell what's in control of the conversation? What you wanna think about is if you are asking a question you're the one controlling the conversation. Think about your typical TV show, the cop show, right? Cop has a suspect and he's interrogating the person there in the room, got the light on him, he's sweating. Think about that situation. Who's the one asking the questions? Who's the one answering questions? When you think about it that way, obviously the, the cop is the one asking the questions. And the suspect's one answering the questions. So the cop or the person asking is the one in control of the conversation. Now, I think a lot of times we want to talk and we think somehow if we talk a lot, we're a good communicator. Because really, deep down, we really want to talk about ourselves. One of the biggest things I've learned over the years is to really be a good communicator. All you have to do is ask somebody else something about them. So my son, when he was maybe like eight or nine years old, he was starting a new school. I think he was in the third grade at the time. And of course, he was nervous. He was apprehensive. He didn't know anybody. Uh, it was a new town. And what I told him was, Joey, listen, all you have to do is when you meet somebody and you ask them their name and just say, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you like? What's your favorite music? What's your favorite, you know, hobby? What's your favorite video game? And that's all you have to do. And of course, he realized that it actually works. The person goes on talking and talking. And at the end of the conversation, you may have said very little, but the person thinks you're a great person and had a great conversation with you. I think the challenge I had to work on him, though, was we want to feel like we're like the other person. And a lot of times what that leads to is what I call one-upmanship. So you'll ask somebody a good question. They'll tell you a story about a time when they caught this really big fish. It was an amazing thing. They caught this big fish. Well, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll say, oh man, let me tell you about the fish I caught that was even bigger. Or, hey, I know somebody who caught a fish that was even bigger. Now, we think we're relating to the person because we're telling a 
common story or similar story, but unfortunately, you basically put that person down, saying that their accomplishment or whatever wasn't that big of a deal. So I would always tell them to keep, you know, keep from doing that. Now, it's not easy. You have to think. And you actually have to listen actively. So now listening actively is, again, something that requires conscious effort. And you, do, you either learn it at home or you don't learn it at home. In my case, I had a good example of kind of not how to listen actively, where I would talk to my mom and we'd have a conversation and you could just tell she really wasn't listening, just merely waiting for me to take a breath so she could begin saying what she wanted to say. So when you do that, a couple things happen. First, the person who's talking at the current time can tell that you're not really listening. Secondly, a lot of times when you do that and just begin talking, you're talking about a completely different subject because it's what you wanted to talk about, what you had in your head. And that also shows the person that you didn't listen to them at all. So again, it's really challenging to do this, but you just want to make sure that you ask open-ended questions, you actively listen, try not to do one-upmanship, and really just let people talk about themselves. Another important facet of asking questions is a lot of times somebody's going to ask you a question, and the question itself may not be that important. What's really important is why they asked you the question in the first place. So again, somebody may ask you a question, let's say it's in a professional sense, meaning, um, you know, why is your price so high for blank? Now, of course, you might want to just start answering, saying, well, my price is high because da, 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 da. Or a better question would be like, well, that, you know, that's actually a good question. What made you think of that just now? And then, of course, they're going to tell you, well, I just talked to somebody else about blank, and they said their price was this because of this, and I think that's silly. So a lot of times, the reason for the question is more important than the question. So find out why the person's asking that question. Now, don't be annoying with this. If it's in, you know, generally harmless questions, certainly answer it. But a lot of times, even in those harmless questions, there's a reason somebody's asking you the question, and it's not just to get the answer to that question. Now, just because we're not speaking, right, does not mean that we're not communicating. We are communicating pretty much 24-7 as long as we're in the proximity of another person. Your body is always communicating. You might have noticed, you know, when you're... In the dating scene, you know, what is a flirt? Now, again, you try to tune into this when you're single and you may notice as a, you know, as a male that a girl will maybe like touch her hair more, like pull on her hair or flip her hair if she's interested in you. Uh, the eyes dilate. I mean, it's a little harder to tell, but that does happen when somebody has an interest in us. You know, certainly that's an, a way to tell somebody's flirting. Anger, you can see, obviously, in body language quite easily. You know, so somebody sitting back, leaning away from you. The arms are crossed. The, maybe their eyebrows furrowed, right? 
the center of their body, like the, the focal point of their body is, is aimed away from you, or maybe even their feet are pointed toward a doorway. You know, that's going to give you indications that you might want to check in with this person. Are they not interested in what you're saying? Are they upset by what you're saying? But if you ignore this and just keep plowing ahead with kind of what you're talking about, you're probably not going to get anywhere. So again, there's a whole nother podcast we can certainly do on body language. The, the you know, amount of material there is immense. But just the key thing, again, is thinking about these things. Thinking about how we communicate. Thinking about our questions. Are we talking more? Are we asking more? And realizing that if we do ask more questions than talk more, believe it or not, we're probably going to be a better communicator. That's my time here today. And as I end every one of these podcasts with a quote, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Thanks again.